Happy February. Oh, my goodness. Episode 14. And this one is a little bit out of my world in a couple of ways. Scott Griffin is the owner of a business in Bonterre, Missouri called Griffin Automotive Design. And Scott helps people with passions with uh, classic car restoration. Now, look, I have never restored a vehicle. Have I taken, uh, you know, apart my kid cars and I was a little girl and whatnot, taking the battery out and all that. Yes, I used to have a motorcycle and I had to change the oil on that. That's about the extent that I ever had in the automotive industry. <laughs> my dad loved motorcycles and he had some really cool trucks growing up. My stepdad had like one classic car whenever I was in high school, but nobody's really been a mentor to me down the classic car realm. But Scott Griffin has been a fun person to get to know. And also he doesn't judge me for my questions that I have about the classic car industry. And I am genuinely interested. I go to car shows and I I love when I meet people that have older cars that they've invested, you know, $100,000. And I just think that's incredible. So this was a cool introduction to Scott for everybody else that maybe doesn't know him. I knew a little bit of his story and that's why I wanted to bring it to an audience like this, because if you're somebody who has a seed of passion, who would like to grow that into a career, you will want to listen to how Scott Griffin did that. He says in this that he's always been kind of on the cutting edge of things. He definitely is. He's really sweet. And uh, if you are somebody who loves classic cars, you'll love this whole story. So get to know him, my friend and uh, business partner here at the radio station, Scott Griffin. thinking about you, obviously, I think about Griffin Automotive Design whenever I do my lives and all that stuff. But I was thinking about, you know, how I, I don't know anything about classic car restoration. And I'm so happy that we're having this conversation because I actually I have like some questions that I wrote down, but I'll probably get to one of them. And then you and I will just spontaneously talk about like a hundred other things. But, you know, I, I wanted to talk about how you became interested in cars, what age, and how did that start for you? Yeah. Well, you remember Hot Wheels? Yeah, I do. I had a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was into cars for literally as long as I can remember. I mean, my mom and dad said, like, when I was crawling, I played with Hot Wheels. And that was, I was just into cars. And, and then I got into models when I was young and... And then building models, yeah, yeah, yeah the little models, and and uh, gosh, I mean, literally hundreds of those things I built, and if not, maybe a thousand. I don't know. I mean, do you still just, have them? No, you know, oh, and, man, you, know, that'd be you so went cool. through that teenage um, destructive phase, yeah. and it was cool to burn them and stuff. Why did <laughs> Off I do the cliff, that? Yes, right. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't. It was crazy, but. Uh, yeah, though, that got me, got me into it. And, and I bought my first car when I was 12, 12 years old. Yeah. So, and what kind of car was that? A 74 Camaro, not a great Camaro. That's not a good year <laughs> for Camaro. Why do you say that? It's just, it was a big bumper. It was, it was during the crash safety, you know, the government making changes. And so they had to do these safety tests and they mm-hmm. put these big Aluminum and ugly bumpers, and they was... <laughs> for safety, but not for speed. Yes, it yeah. was not the most attractive one. I mean, they're actually starting to get a little bit little bit popular now, but then it was, you know, I paid 300 bucks for it. Wow. You know? and Where did you find it? it? It was for sale at the commuter parking lot close by our house. and In Bonterre? 
Oh, no, we we lived in Arnold. I grew up in Arnold. Okay, yeah. so in Arnold. You couldn't even drive yet. Oh, well, not legally. Not legally. <laughs> well, and so that makes me wonder, like, your your parents obviously probably nurtured that interest, right, yeah. in cars. Your yeah. dad, or was mom in it just as much? Uh, dad, mostly. Dad I mean, mostly. my mom, she always, you know, had a love for it, and I guess an understanding for mm-hmm. it, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, I got a car and then started taking it apart, so then mom's car got kicked out of the garage for like several (laughs) years so i don't know how much she loved that right she was a good mom well how did you how did you know what to do with a car well i read magazines a lot okay and then i've always been i've always been that you know i don't know if it goes back to like the models and everything but you know i was the kid that took his bike and toys and go-kart and everything. I took it apart and put it back together to see how it worked and, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, so I got this Camaro that was all rusty, and I went and I I would work in any way. I could do anything to make money, and then I would go buy parts. And my dad would take me up, and we bought new quarter panels for it and stuff like that and new new panels. And he'd come home one day, and I had them cut off and— and we was putting new quarters on it. And we had a friend, a family friend that, that actually lived with us for a little while after he got divorced. And he was kind of like my second dad. Yeah. And he was an ex-body man. And so he would come and teach me how to do it. So he helped me put new quarter panels on it. And wow. Yeah, it was, it was uh, very educational I guess sure I learned a lot doing it now did you go to school for any of this eventually well I did um but I had been doing it I mean like I said I mean I started before I was 13 it was just before my 13th birthday when I bought it so and then I just I had him teaching me so like from the time I was 13 to 18 I had basically been doing stuff right you know well I graduated high school and then I went to Rankin Tech okay well Going to Rankin Tech, and I was like so far ahead of everybody else because I had already done so yeah, much you, more. You had the real life experience yeah. of doing it. So then, even then, my the uh, I went to day school. I went to full time. You know, rank it was eight hours a day back then. I don't know what it is now, but back then it was. And and uh, the nighttime school, the night school instructor got sick mm-hmm. and was going to be out for a while. Mm-hmm. And here I'm a daytime student. Well, I ended up being the nighttime instructor. So awesome. (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. So when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old here, I was instructing other other people on how to do auto body and... I love that. Uh, what what was that like to be like your peers? Were they like oh, Scott? Like you're teaching the nights class? Were they jealous or were were they um, envious of that a little bit? I've always been. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that they were. I mean, I don't. I, I probably never paid attention. You were so focused on. <laughs> yeah, just I was learning. always just so into what I was doing. Yeah. Um, I've always been more of the trendsetter, I guess you'd say. I don't know. I've, I, just, I've I always say. been into it so deep, you know? Right. Well, yeah. I think it's incredible. It, I mean, I love local businesses and people mm-hmm. that have an idea and they go forward with whatever that is. I mean, I've interviewed a bunch of people on this podcast where they have literally, um, they've taken their passion and they've been able to translate that into an actual career. Yeah. And that's what you've done. So, okay. So, you know, you start at 12, 
have this passion. <laughs> you 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 learn things from real life. You go to rank and you get your technical degree for mm-hmm. it. You're teaching some of the night classes. How do you translate that into what you've built uh, with Griffin Automotive Design? Because I know that you started small and now you're yeah. super big. But like, yeah. how did you jump from school to putting it in play? Well, I went to work. Um, I actually. So right out of school, my dad had a little shop, um, a little detail shop. And uh, so I did some stuff there. And then in 93, God, way back then, we flooded out. You remember that there was a big flood in 93 and we flooded out. And so we closed up that shop and I went to work for a body shop in Arnold and uh, worked there. And then I went to another shop and and done really well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just not, I mean, it was financially it was good, but... Ultimately, it wasn't what I really wanted to do. Did you so, want to be your own boss? I did, you know, because of having that with my dad when I was, you know, real young and everything. So, yeah. So then it was in oh two, I guess it was. How old were you? 29. Well, that's pretty incredible. 29 years so that's, old. Yeah, that's when I start. I, and I bought a little... It was the old Imperial Animal Hospital. Oh. I bought this. Yeah, I bought this old building that was vacant and uh, and started it, opened it up as a car lot at mm-hmm. first. And I was working out of a two-car garage at my house, building race cars and stuff like that. Were you married at this time? Uh, No. No. We was together. But not married. But not married. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we got married shortly after. Okay. So I'm just trying to get all the players in place. Yeah. My brain. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, we, we got married just shortly later and shortly later that, nice. but, um, yeah. So then we, we started off in the little, and I built a little shop there, ended up adding on a shop to the old animal hospital and a little 1600 square foot shop. Mm-hmm. And that was where I started doing race car stuff and everything and, and tried to actually get out of auto body. Uh, I was trying to get away from it and just do the racing stuff. And, right. But then I had somebody else do some body and paint work for me, and then I was not happy. So then I got sucked back into it. You're like, and, I got to do it myself. Yeah. You really are a, like, you know, roll up your sleeves type of person. Yeah, and I've always been that way. Do you think that that's a control thing? Because I have... It is. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you, Scott. I have to do everything myself a certain way. Yeah, and yeah. that has been the hardest thing for me, transition, because up until... So I had that 1,600 square foot shop. Yes. Then we moved out to Hillsboro. And the first shop was like 2,700 square foot out in Hillsboro, which mm-hmm. was roomier. Which, you know? yeah, 1,000 square and then, feet more. And then I added on another shop next to that one that was another 3,600 square foot. Um, and But I was still very much, at that time, we even worked up, we had an average of about seven guys working for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I was still in the shop every minute of the day and working on stuff hands-on too. Right. And then we went to the current, we built the current facility, which is 35,000 square foot. So you went from 3,000 square feet to 35,000 Yeah, so it was wow. a little bit of a jump. Yes. Yeah. And were you terrified of doing that or were you like, I know that this is going to be successful because of the clientele that you probably had built up to that point? Or were you just like, just put it all out there, this is what I want to do and I'm just going to go for it? Yeah, well... Um, yeah, I mean, I had the ideas and I had the vision and I thought, okay, I, I can make this work. Right. Um, the thing is about a, a 35,000 square foot facility yeah. is, oh my God, it's expensive. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. You got to heat it and yeah. cool it and the lights uh, and all that. So I actually, I had, I had uh, two 
guys that was really great customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now they are my business partners. They're investors in my company. Wonderful. Um, so they, you know, I got talking to them and telling them what I wanted to do. And, and I, you know, I talked to the one first and I told them what I was wanting to do. And we was talking about like an 18,000 square foot shop. And, mm-hmm. and he asked me, he says, would you be interested in an investor? And I'm like, well, I never really thought about it before, but right. you know, but then we talked about it and he started his company and is uber successful and, and done great. And he's just such a great guy. And, and I thought, well, yeah, you know, okay, that, that could be cool. That could, you know, and, and then he's, he was telling me about the story of how he started his company, which, um, there was three of them mm-hmm. and, uh, they started his company triad. And then he was telling me all the advantages of having three guys because then you know it's not like a well i say this and you say that mm-hmm. and we're kind of deadlocked now. right and uh so he was talking about that and then lo and behold i was telling another customer about what we was doing and he's become a friend you know he had become a friend too and he's like well do you want another investor and i'm like well ironically he was it's talking like shark about tank it, at this it place was, and it, but what was weird <laughs> is i mean this all went from ideas to like I had two guys over a period of just a couple of weeks. And it was just like, to me, it was just, it was God saying, this is, yeah. this is it, you know? That's lovely. And so, so I, I, we, we, you know, got more in depth on, well, what, what would it take to do this? Mm-hmm. And, and then you've been to the facility and you oh, see what gorgeous. it evolves to. So it's really incredible to, uh, you. you know, Thank to you. go there and, and to hear it whenever you were giving uh, Rick and I the tour, you know, around the facility and you were kind of telling me your history just kind of in a nutshell as we were walking around. I mean, to see how far your vision had come and mm. how successful you have been. And I mean, just everything, how stylistically um beautiful that like front offices and people walk in and you really just have like a really cutting edge place and I mean I'm not gonna lie like I don't know anything about restoring a car I'm interested in why people restore cars and Mm -hmm. how it's done I just it's not my it you know I I appreciate it from a from an arm's length and I love hearing the stories like I have people come up to me and they'll like at our car show we do every year they'll say Mm -hmm. like I've owned this for 20 years and you know Mm -hmm. and they give me all the specs on it and how much money they've invested in a vehicle and you know I I think about my passion projects like that where I invest a lot of like this is not on any scale the same but like I collect vintage tour t-shirts, okay? Mm-hmm. And I will pay like top dollar money for these shirts, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's very similar to what people do for these classic cars. Um, and it really becomes a passion project for the person that buys them and restores them. And then they usually pass them on to a relative mm-hmm. that will appreciate it just as much. Um, and so speaking of families and relatives, your family is very involved with Griffin Automotive Design. Your daughter works in the shop. Yeah. Um, your dad, mom, at least that day, they were like roaming around yeah, on a whenever golf we cart. Have, yeah. Whenever we have events, they're always there and, and what very, is that very like? supportive. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, my wife works in the office there. Um, you know, my my daughter's our receptionist and, and, and she's learning to do more things. She's learning like vehicle wraps and things like that. Right. She's, she's interested in getting hands on too so uh it's great i mean yeah and then when we have any of the big events then you know my mom and dad and sister and everybody comes down and helps out 
Yeah, it's it's great. It's mm-hmm. I, I work with my husband, so I know what it can be like to work with your spouse. Do mm-hmm. you guys um like do you take work home with you after like a long day? Do you guys talk about work at home? Yeah, probably more than my wife would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm one that I don't I don't ever turn off, Me you know. Neither. And and I'm sure that there's a lot of times she would prefer I turn off, but it's just, you know, whether it be cars or work or whatever is just always on my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm sure she would like for me to turn it off. Well, speaking of that, though, like, so your passion, you know, all this time had been cars. And now that's your nine to five, probably more hours than that. But that's like your daily thing. Yeah. What is a new passion that you have come upon or is there one or or is it still as as uh, much a passion cars you know as it was for the last 20 plus years like has it always remained that or like where do you turn off and go when you're not working on cars um well it was running yeah. uh me and my wife really like to run we do got got into you know we hit the 5k's years ago and started there and and then it built into half marathons and marathons, and we've done a couple of 50Ks and stuff like that. Wow. And uh, she's super hardcore. She, I wish I could keep up. But <laughs> I I actually had a back injury a little over a year ago, and I've been battling back into it sure. since then. Um, but I really enjoy the running. I wish I'm I did. I'm still supportive of, of it. You know, the first year, mm-hmm. I did not. Okay. Yeah. I did it because- Give me this, because I need oh, to get into it. I did not it. enjoy it. Uh, I did it because I liked the effect of it. I liked the way it made me feel afterwards. Runner's high? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we got involved in a group. That was the best thing, because before that, I probably would have dropped out. Mm-hmm. But we got involved in this running group, and then okay. it became a social thing. Okay. And so then you meet all these great people, and then next, you know, you, then you start running with them, and then- it's like you're not even running. You're just kind of like, you Move. know, you're talking to people and, right. you know, and so then you get to know people and, and so it was, it did. I mean, I really got to enjoy it then. That first year though, I would, <laughs> I would dread it. Yes. Uh, Were you doing it just because your wife wanted to do it? Well, that, and I wanted to get in better shape. Okay. I wanted the health benefits of it. Yes. Um, But then it got to where... I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, it was just the one thing I, because I guess too, the busier I got with the business and then the more employees and the more headaches and the more cars you built and everything else. Sure. Um, when you run, you don't think about that stuff like that. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would still think about things, but it was like you couldn't be stressed. I mean, running, you're just, you're not stressed. Right. It just takes it all away. I love that. So. That's, I, I would see, I do that with like yoga mm-hmm. and, um, like my husband and I, we like to go for bike rides. And like yeah, we, bike. we bike too. Yeah. yeah Gosh, I love, love that, it. that you're active. I, and me, I wish I could run. I mean, I one day I will do like a 5K just to say yeah. I was able to do it. But I, you know, as far as training and everything. But I, I love the idea of being able to, you know, when we work out, the endorphins take over and your work day or whatever it mm-hmm. is is kind of far away and it's mm-hmm. not able to get in your brain as closely as it normally can in yeah. the moment you know so you got to disconnect sometimes and, oh, and totally I, you know i can't we're not tv people you mm-hmm. know so um i can't i can't just go and watch a tv and disconnect or anything because then we'd just still be thinking about right. everything else so 
um, it's the the exercise and the running has been it was really great for that. And That's great. I'm trying to get back in. I just I'm still still battling some back injuries. Well, when you, when you do when you finally get over those back injuries, which I know you will, you need to have a Griffin Automotive Design presents 5K down in Bon Terre. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's one down there ever, I, but could be cool. It sounds like a great plan. I think. <laughs> just one more I thing think, for you yes, to do. We should, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So back on cars. Now yeah. we've talked about wellness, and I love that. What is your ultimate dream car to work on and to own? Two different ones. Oh my gosh! Well, see, that just depends on the week or the month. <laughs> does or, it change? Oh my gosh! Yes. Why does it change so uh, often? I think I'll see something that somebody else done, and then, and it may not even be like that car mm-hmm. but i'll see something or or even something maybe i'll look at one of the cars we built and then i'll be like oh boy if we done that on this oh yeah oh wow that would be so cool and so it's just like constantly change i guess the one thing is though is my customers probably wouldn't love this but <laughs> i've built more 67 68 69 camaros than i ever care to look at you know <laughs> Sure. Uh, we, I love them in the sense I mean, we build a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I've just done so many. And that used to be like my favorite car. Right. I mean, I still have two, but <laughs> I they're not anymore. You know, my hey, favorite I, car right now, I have a 62 Buick LeSabre, yes. which I would have never thought. And now that is like my, I just love the lines on it. It's cool. It's different. And, and I'm going to, you know, I'm doing a. It's not your grandpa's LeSabre. It's getting twin turboed and, you know. Look at that. Yeah. It, so, I mean, it's, I just love the different, you know. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of different, did you, do you, do you keep up with like Elon Musk and, yeah. and the Tesla vehicles? Yeah, a little bit. What did you think of the Cybertruck whenever that unveiling happened a month or two ago? I. Be completely honest, because I'm so interested in what you think. I mean, it's hideously ugly. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a big wedge. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, now Tesla is like one of the most advanced vehicles on the road. They're absolutely amazing. Um, but oh my gosh, that's yeah. just gross. It was my so my husband and I. He loves electric vehicles. Like yeah. he can't wait to own it's one one day. It is. It is. And they come in all sorts of designs. Mm-hmm. And so when Elon Musk said we have the truck, it's mm-hmm. you know we're going to do the unveiling. So we. This is when I was still working mornings, and Tim comes in. I'm like laying in bed. He's like, they're doing the unveiling. It's like 10:30 mm-hmm. at night. And I'm like, oh, let's watch it. You know. So we watch it, and that <laughs> thing rolls out with the with the futuristic Mad Max people that were like uh-huh. crammed inside of it. And I thought that the coolest part of it, though, I mean, it is. It is just god-awful looking. But I think the coolest part of it was whenever the ATV came out and it ramped up and that that back tailgate like came out and it turned into a ramp Mm -hmm. and then that ATV went up in the back, uh, the bed of that truck and then it plugged into the truck. I was like, this is the coolest technology ever. Yeah. Oh, it's, they blow your mind. I mean, there is so much stuff on Tesla that is just, I mean, it's like jetsons type cool you know it's amazing uh but when i seen it i was like is that like 
a cover for the real thing underneath. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm like, that can't for can't real be it. be it, you know? <laughs> I know. I, I think I had a little bit of that, too. I'm like, this is so outlandish. It, it can't be real. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was the the cover vehicle. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe he's like going to show us the real thing in a a year or two. Well, that's cool. And I love to hear that you appreciate and like the future of of vehicles. It's it's, yeah. And I'm I'm and I'm trying to brace my employees and my customers and they're all like, oh, that'll never go. I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. You know, it's 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 happening now. Yeah. And I mean, if you follow GM is not going to be making gas vehicles much longer. And I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um, I know um, it's it's just it's all changing. And and likewise, we're working on uh, we want to do an electric hot rod. Oh, my gosh. You know, because to me, that's where it's at. And I got some people, you know, like, oh, you'll you'll never be able to sell it because people want to hear that sound. And I'm like, well, they're going to feel the speed and they're going to look at the cool and It'll sell. Yeah. You know? Well, and they, they can, you can make that sound still happen on electric vehicles. There's all sorts of apps and things that they download yeah. that are speaker driven. Obviously, they're not going to have the gruffness can, of the real yeah. thing, but, you know, there is uh, sound waves out there for them. Yeah. I think they're so neat. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else do I have here? So, why do you think people are interested in classic cars like what is is it nostalgia that drives it is it um because is it for like people that are younger that never got to live in the 50s or 60s and they see these vehicles on tv or movies and they go oh i just want to be able to be in that vehicle what do you Mm -hmm. think drives people to own and restore and keep classic cars yeah i mean a lot of it i think for your for your older generation, it is, it's a remembering, you know, mm-hmm. those cars back then, you know, so that your older generation, it is nostalgic in that sense. Um, and then a lot of it is now that, you know, they worked all their lives and now they have the money to, to, you know, have that dream car that they never had, maybe. yeah, that they didn't have, or, or it's a matter of, we do a lot of ones where, you know, this was my dad's truck or mm. car that he bought new and, and you know they're fixing it, and be it, and it is a nostalgic thing. And then um, TV drives a lot. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people. You know, movie cars and stuff like that. Right. And, you know, so that makes people think this is cool or that's cool. And and then there's a lot of people like me that you know you can go to the dealership and you can buy. I mean, like the new Corvette. To me, the new Corvette's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, you can just go write the check and buy a new one, and you're going to have one just like the other guy that went and wrote the check. And, right. And so to me, there's there's something about having something that's a little bit unique, and mm-hmm. and that's what the stuff we build is is custom for that person, right. you know. And and so we try to try to take their—I always say a car is an extension of the person. You know, it's it's got to be your an extension of your personality, and— uh, so we just try to make that happen. I remember I used to be so obsessed with men that drove Bel Airs. Mm. Like I had you the, have good taste. Do See? I? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I well, I just remember it was totally based around music, like rockabilly yeah, music, right. and um, like this is like early two thousands, late nineties, and I started that whole part of my life mm-hmm. with that music. But um, I always thought, oh my gosh, you know, I would be driving down. 
you know, 55 or wherever I was in St. Louis. And I would see just this old car and I would always speed up to see who was driving it. Mm -hmm. And it was always so cool when it was like a young guy Mm -hmm. and not like a 78 year old guy. Because then I could like wink at him. So (laughs) (laughs) not that I wouldn't wink at the 78 year old now, but (laughs) (laughs) well, Mm -hmm. um, I think that this is so cool that you came on my podcast. You, um, I, I've only met you once, yeah. but yeah. I feel like uh, I've known you before. I know that sounds weird, but whenever I met you uh, down in Bonterre, whenever we had that remote, I thought, you know, I just, I was really taken aback by how passionate you were and driven by your business. Mm. I loved that your family was there and they're so supportive. That is, that is something you cannot um, replicate is the foundation of family that ha- that will help you strive for your dreams. I know that you probably appreciate and feel that with your parents and your wife and your kids. But I just think that that's so neat. Um, And so whenever I talk about you on the radio, I'm always, I I want people to feel like they can come down there and talk to you specifically. So I always throw out your name um, because I think just speaking with you will help them feel at ease with the investment of restoring cars that maybe they've been nostalgic for for so long or maybe they're in their 30s and they're looking to have this interest that they have this passion that they have like you they they don't know where to start and Mm -hmm. I think that you're such a um, cornerstone or a catalyst for people that are interested in doing something with a classic car and I just think you're the heart and soul behind it so I was really happy that you wanted to come on here with me and and talk about all this so um yeah, Scott Griffin, Griffin Automotive Design, is in Bonterre, Missouri. It's a gorgeous facility. You can't take tours. Uh, we got the royal treatment that day. Um, do at times. Do at times. Yes, we do at okay. times. Yeah. Like open houses and things yeah, like that. Yeah, we do open houses. And, and then, like, we're going to have, like, a big spring uh, open house and party. Oh, nice. and Yeah, we're going to probably have a pretty big party then. I so think you should. Yeah, that's what we're thinking. It you uh, ever have live music out there on that parking well, lot? Well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, cool. that's what we're talking about making it. I in. have a band now. Scott, you do? I do. Oh, I'm not. I'm not to trying talk. to sell it, but I'm. I'm pretty good. I'm the yeah. lead singer. So if you want me yeah. to bring my craziness to Bonterra, I'd that be would be awesome. <laughs> All right, Scott. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. You're welcome. Isn't he just like the nicest guy? Don't you feel like you've known him for a really long time? That's kind of how I felt when I met him. I really do appreciate that he deals with my questions and my novicehood because I, I really am. I do not have, I don't have a classic car. I have friends that have them and to see that they have restored them and they invest so much money in them and they take pride in them. It's, it's really cool. And it's just a, it's a niche thing that I think um, needed to be highlighted. And I find his story incredibly interesting because he was able to take something he was passionate about and turn it into what he does for a living for his family. And I think that that is what we all should do with our lives, right? We should try to grow ourselves career-wise through our interests and where our dedications and um, passions are. So I think that he's inspiring in very many ways. So thank you, Scott Griffin, for coming on the show. February is a boy month. Last month was all girls. Boy month for February. I'm going to have for episode 15, a dear friend of mine who is also a business owner. However, he doesn't advertise on the radio stations. So maybe we'll get him to do that. But he's an artist and he's crazy. And I can't wait for you to uh, hear from him. I'm talking about Tom Huck. So we'll look forward to Tom Huck's episode 
episode on February 20th when that drops. Thank you for tuning in. Much love to Griffin Automotive Design for, well, first of all, for Scott driving all the way up from Bonterre, but also dealing with my crazy questions and being so honest and interesting. Scott, you're awesome. So go see Scott at Griffin Automotive Design in Bonterre for any of your restoration needs. Talk to you guys on the 20th. You guys be good. Peace. Let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.